This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Welcome to this episode of the HR in Review podcast. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And my guest today is David Simmons, chairman of HCM Metrics, the world's first and original certified lead auditor for ISO 30414. David is also a Freeman of the Guild of HR Professionals, and he's the first person to receive a professional certification for the ISO 30414 Human Capital Management Reporting. David was recently a huge support to me and my fellow Disrupt HR London co-organizers, Chris Bailey and Tim Sackett, helping us to raise awareness of the event across the London HR community. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with David about human capital disclosures and raising the HR standards across the globe. David, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR In Review podcast today. Bill, it's a delight and a pleasure as ever. Um, I'm glad that we had such a, a good uh, turnout in London last week. Uh, certainly, the, it was buzzing and it's a delight to be with you today. Absolutely. So, uh, listeners, as we record this in uh, middle of July, we, we just we've just finished the uh, Disrupt HR London event where uh, David was uh, kind enough to to attend, and also he supported the event and he brought lots of people along, and we managed to get together in person and have a bit of a chit chat. So, this is a bit of a follow up to that uh, because I'd like to get to know a bit more about David and uh, share his journey and what he gets up to with you, the, the listeners. David's a pretty famous well-followed dude in in london circles that's for sure thank you yes in in fact i am a londoner a born and bred and uh, yes in south london sorry south london in it yes i've been in hr all my life i chose to come into the hr profession rather than being pushed into it kicking and screaming my uh, my passion no my destiny in life is to enable other people teams, individuals, organizations, to help them fulfill their potential. And that moment when the light comes on and the penny drops, you think, yeah, got you forever. You're changed for the better. And that's sustainable. That's a legacy. So I've been in HR, specializing in development, individual, team, management, organization development. Uh, I've worked in telecoms, uh, health, education, I've worked in financial services, IT, uh, and as a director, as a consultant, as a contractor. And the second half of my career, I combined consultancy with working in a university. I've trained probably eight or 9,000 managers to help them get their masters and also to help them get membership of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. And, uh, and so my career in HR has been wonderful. I've, I've been privileged to have written some stuff and presented to lots of organizations and audiences. I've worked on six continents and I basically just love meeting people. Okay, you worked on uh, six continents. I'm guessing you haven't worked on Antarctica or is that one of your six continents? No, that's a bit too chilly for me. Uh, my wife would love to go cruising up the Norwegian fields, but why would I pay good money to get cold? I know it gets chilly in Toronto, but hey, 
This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR, talent, and tech experts. Actually, you've got no idea, sir. Okay, that's an entirely different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listeners, uh, David does lots of things. He's chairman of HCM Metrics, which I'm going to ask you about in just a second, and that's the, the world's first and original certified lead author for iOS 30414. And he's also a freeman of the Guild of HR Professionals. And he's the first person to receive a professional certification for, for the ISO 30414 Human Capital Management Reporting. Why don't you start by giving a bit of an overview of HCM Metrics? Thanks, Bill. Yeah, about seven years ago, I went to a workshop called HR Analytics. I thought that doesn't even make sense. How can you get HR and analytics in the same sentence? Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. People in HR are lovely, lovely people, really professional, um, doing a fantastic job. But the vast majority of them don't do numbers. In fact, I have a hypothesis that most people in HR used to hate the math teacher. So I thought, right, HR analytics, I've seen the future and I got the domain name. I registered the company and started setting about doing the infrastructure. It took two or three years to get it all together because I had a, a, an issue about supply and demand. I didn't want to go to the market too quickly in case I couldn't meet the demand. And during that time, I discovered that most of the big organizations in the world um, use only about three, four, maybe five human capital management platform providers. The SAP, the Oracle, the Workday, the cornerstones of this world. But most organizations, medium and small and medium-sized enterprises, either haven't got one or they use a plethora of tiny little organizations. So it's difficult to actually get uh, any kind of meaningful traction until three and a half years ago. The International Standard Organization has been around for about 50 or 60 years. It's based in Geneva, Switzerland, and it's brought out over 20,000 standards. Most of them are very technical to do with avionics and medical devices and things. But most of our listeners would have heard of ISO 9001, which is the quality standard applicable to any organization. Others that people may have heard of include ISO uh, 27001, which is to do with security of IT. And there's others about uh, environment and health and safety and so on. Three and a half years ago, the ISO brought out a brand new standard called ISO 30414 on human capital reporting. First time in the world that HR has been able to assess what they're doing. And um, we know the cliche, people are our greatest asset. Well, I challenge quite a lot of HR directors and CEOs and say, well, if, I, if people are the greatest asset, what return are you getting on that asset? Because for the first time we can measure it. I was talking to a, a chief financial officer not long ago, and she said, David, we've been wanting this for years. I said, but it's HR, it's not finance. She said, no, no, no. You don't understand. On the balance sheet, on the profit and loss, there's a big black hole called intangibles. And HR is the biggest intangible. And for the very first time, 
we can actually measure the ROI of HR. HCM metrics, as you kindly said, is the first organization in the world to become certified as a lead auditor. Even before COVID-19, we were working remotely. And so I can turn up to any organization in the world and I've got 15 certified auditors and a whole bunch of HR consultants. And we can go to a private company, a public organization, even large NGOs. And what we can do is we can assess the extent to which that organization measures up against the standard. We do a gap analysis, if you will. So we take their reports, all their data, and we see, are they up to standard or not? And the auditor will then give feedback by way of a traffic light report, red, amber, green, and give them the good news and the bad news. And at that point, the client will say, well, can you help us get better? Unfortunately, the, the auditor has to say, well, no, I can't because it's a conflict of interest. It's a standalone. However, we do have access to a suppliers list of about 50 HR consultants and you're willing to use you're welcome to use your own or you can use one of ours let's say it's in the area of diversity or leadership or succession planning and that client will work with that consultant for one two three months whatever it takes they'll work their magic the auditor will then return and do a whole audit for the second time and this time they find that they're up to scratch and uh, the registrar in HCM metrics will confer the certificate upon that organization. That will last for three years. During that time, we don't abandon them. We hold their hand, we monitor, assess, and help them improve because it's basically based on Kaizen, a cycle of continuous improvement. But it's appropriate, I say, Bill, that it's not actually about the metrics. It's not really about the numbers or the standard or anything like that. It's it's about organizational change. My desire is to shift HR from a traditional, transactional, backward-looking reporting service function into getting its rightful place in the boardroom where it can lead on organizational transformation. And that will then hit the bottom line. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Okay, I'd like you to now tell me briefly in, in a minute or less, I'm going to challenge you in a minute or less, tell me a bit about the Guild of HR Professionals, David. Um, who are they and how do they help other HR pros? Thank you. Yeah, the Guild of HR Professionals is one of the many uh, traditional City of London guilds, um, like the bootmakers and the winemakers and the candle makers and so on, in the City of London. It's a very traditional organisation. Our particular one on HR Professionals has only been going a few years, but it seeks to do two things, to increase the professionalism of HR, and secondly, to pass on to the next generation something of what we've learned. Good work, David. That was about 45 seconds. Good work indeed, sir. I wondered maybe if you could share a little bit around what should go into human capital disclosures. So, you know, for example, I'd, I'd love for you to talk a bit about governing purpose, maybe uh, quality of gov the governing body and, and so forth. 
Yeah, the um, human capital, the, the concept of human capital disclosure is very recent. It was predicated upon much of the work that was coming out of the United States SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. Um, that organization has now made it mandatory, obligatory, for organizations listed on the SEC to disclose publicly about their human capital. And they've done it very cleverly. They haven't actually made it a tick box exercise. Quite the contrary. They said that there are two basic channels, two major themes. Firstly, there should be disclosure internally within the organization so that people in HR can at last catch up with their colleagues in marketing or manufacturing or IT or finance. But externally, there should also be a principles-led approach so that any potential client or any potential investor can compare and contrast the organization and benchmark, if you will, against competitors. The kinds of things which um, are encouraged would be obvious things like staff turnover, diversity, recruitment, and so on. The SEC has not made it prescriptive. It hasn't said you must uh, report on this, that, and the other. Um, training expenditure would be an easy one. Uh, cost of hire is also straightforward. However, there are other things which we uh, promote which are not necessarily normal. So we would look at, for example, um, aspects of leadership. Um, within the standard, there are three metrics. Firstly, it's span of control, which is dead easy. Another is leadership development. So who's been on which programs and how much did it cost and was it worth it and did they apply it? But the third one is interesting. The third metric in the standard to do with leadership is all about leadership trust. Now, we all know what trusting a leader involves, but 98% of the organizations in the world don't measure it. And yet there is a very simple way of measuring it called the Leadership Trust Index, which is available in the public domain. So disclosure um, is uh, advocated, it's aspirational, it's not threshold. And yet I, I need to say to you, Bill, that um, judging by the output from the last 18 months, much of the reporting has been very, very poor standard. Um, people haven't really known what to report or how to report it or how to track it over time. And we're talking of organizations posting in excess of 5 billion US. What the ISO standard does is give a framework to HR that is comparable, robust, international and objective so that people can know what they're going to report on and how they can track that over time. I'd love for you now to share a little bit about what does this level of transparency, David, mean for the perception of a, of a specific employer brand and then, of course, for them being able to attract and, and retain talent? So for those who are doing it in the right ways and they're adhering to the standards and, and so on and so forth, um, how, how can that enhance their, their brand when when trying to attract candidates? And indeed, I guess on the other side as well, you know, but be, if, if, they're, if they're consumer facing. Um, be, being recognized more as a as a trustworthy well-run business absolutely and 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 the whole notion of transparency is in the headlines these days uh, with regard to salaries now th there are cultural and national differences here 
certainly within the UK, um, transparency of many things in organisations is required, let alone advocated. Um, and it's normal for salaries to be part of a job advert. I know that in the US that's not the case. And so there would be different approaches to transparency. My um, whole theme within the standard is it's striving towards excellence. It's not just a, a tick box exercise. And as you rightly say, one of the major advantages for HR is that it comes with reputation and brand, double branding. So if one organization has got the, the, the certification, it will be far easier for them to, um, to get new employees and to keep them. Um, similarly with clients and similarly with investors. It's an outward facing stamp of approval. Many of us, when we're buying a holiday or a car or a house, uh, we will go onto the internet and look at reviews. Well, what this does is to give a review of the organization, which is robust and international and objective, which the person who is the employee or potential employee or the client or potential client, they can actually say, ah, this company, this organization knows what they're doing. And they're, they've been assessed externally by um, a reputable organization. I was uh, invited to go and talk to a, a major international retailer and they said, oh, no, we don't need you. We've got our own internal audit department. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. That's really, really good because most organizations haven't got that. They said, we don't need you. I said, well, with respect, your finance department has its own internal audit. But at the end of the financial year, they submit that data to an external auditor. And that's exactly what we do. We provide an external audit against the standard so that HR can hold their head up high and prove what they've been doing for years. I've got no problem with HR. In fact, most people in HR are doing fantastic jobs. What they've lacked are the instruments and tools, the numbers, the metrics, the analytics, the graphs, the charts, to prove what they've been doing all this time. And so transparency, I think, works both ways. It's good internally for the HR function and externally for stakeholders. Uh, an advocate of openness and transparency in all business transactions. But it's not just for the private sector. This works just as well with government and large NGOs. It works with the public sector, local authorities or emergency services or health or education because they're all stacked full of people. And in the end, it's about HR. And as, just as there is increasing transparency about, for example, ESG, so I think very soon there'll be mandatory transparency about human capital throughout the world. David, uh, we are coming towards the end of this particular conversation already, sir. Uh, I've got three more questions for you. That's it. Okay. Um, and the, the next... <laughs> the, the next two uh, are questions that we ask of all of our guests okay and um i want to i want to challenge you to answer in one minute or less on the next one and again we do that to all of our guests you are not we're not picking on you so if you could pass on one crucial lesson that you've learned in your career david in one minute or less 
what would your top tip be for HR professionals? My top tip for anybody in the HR function or as a manager is to listen. We've been given two ears and one mouth and we need to use them in that proportion. Okay, love it. And uh, in two minutes or less, what is the single biggest change that you think will happen in HR over the next five to 10 years? Well, five to 10 is, is much too long because change is happening far too quickly. We've all experienced because of COVID, the change towards um, working from home, remote working and hybrid working, that will increase. Uh, you cannot put the genie back in the bottle. Um, but what it's done is to change how we work and the old fashioned approach to management of where the leader supervisor says, if I can't see you, I can't trust you. That's being questioned. Meanwhile, employees are taking far more responsibility for themselves. So it's not about hours. It's not about inputs. It's not about resources anymore. It's going to be about outcomes and productivity in terms of what is coming out rather than what is going in. And I think this is all for the good because increasingly employees can take Jenny to school or go to the dentist and then work in the evening because they want to, not because they have to. So I think that shift in the employer-employee relationship is here to stay. Okay, and if anybody wants to build a relationship with you, David, how can they do that? How can they connect with you and learn more about you? hcmmetrics.co.uk. I look forward to having a good relationship with many people. Thank you so much. Okay, David, that just leaves me to say for today, sir. Thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR in Review show. Bill, it's been a pleasure. The HR in Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.